outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping, and I brought me some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow. Hello, fellow Powderhounds, and welcome to the Powderhounds Podcast, a ski trivia game podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Shaw. The holiday season is upon us. I hope this episode finds you merry, bright, and the ground around you a glistening and fluffy white. I know, I know, wishful thinking. While the leaves on the trees have all but fallen, the landscape remains a dull brown, which is also the case on far too many slopes at far too many ski areas across the country. While my early season ski plans got the rug pulled out from under them, I remain optimistic for Uller, the Norse god associated with winter, skiing, and snow sports to answer our desperate pleas for POW. Like, pretty please kind of please for POW? (laughs) While I don't know what music Uller enjoys, hopefully Dean Martin's hit song, Let It Snow, fits the bill. Fun fact, Let It Snow is the second track on the 1959 album, A Winter Romance, the artwork of which depicts Dean Martin in a warm embrace with a snow bunny outside a snow-covered lodge. It's a charming scene, set below a bright blue sky, snowy landscape, and smiling faces milling about with their skis. Wait a minute, winter, skiing, and snow sports? This setting has Uller's fingerprints all over it. So while we wait for Uller to dig down deep, find that inspiration to do his winter magic, I invite you to sit back, kick your feet up, relax, and enjoy the experience of everything skiing and riding. All the way home I'll be warm. Oh, the fire is slowly dying. And my dear, we're still goodbye. But as long as you love me so, let it snow. Let it snow, let it snow. Moving on to our first segment, a familiar one, Tips Up, your read, listen, and watch recommendations. First up, a read recommendation. Now, this is an article entitled Two Futures of Skiing, written by Richard Solomon on October 19th, 2021, courtesy of Vermont Ski and Ride. Now, this is an opinion piece. And it's, uh, I should note that Vermont Ski and Ride did post a comment with the reaction to a few of the wilder ideas, which I'll mention shortly. Now, this is also a lengthy essay, and I'd give yourself a good 15, maybe even 20 minutes to read it if you really want to comprehend the, uh, the depth of uh, what's, what these two futures look like. Quick context, there's an interesting paradox that runs throughout the piece And essentially, it's that consumerism 
our culture in America, reduces our freedom to enjoy and connect to the natural world. Yet, technology, such as, well, as simple as video conferencing, say, may actually increase our ability to enjoy the outdoors compared to previous generations, previous jobs, previous occupations. Interesting thing to just keep in mind. Now, the first future is quite dark. <laughs> I would sum it up by saying it's out of control economics and worsening climate change. A few examples, mega passes, while they're great to some extent, if they grow sort of unfettered <laughs> and they're gonna squeeze out eventually many other mountains through uh, consolidation or simply the pressure to close. And the mega passes already make up uh, I think close to 37% of U.S. skier visits and an even larger percentage of season pass sales. Another example, Ski Town Calamity. Uh, what Solomon means is land being sold, developed, and pricing out the people who actually work and live there. Now this is already happening. It's, hap it's been happening for a very long time, but he's saying it's gonna worsen. It could worsen. Also, woodlands being sold, developed, destroying wildlife habitat. And how about when we develop land, having to build new roads, having to put up utility poles, having to run more garbage trucks, uh, you know, collecting waste, and certainly uh, maybe unintentional litter that comes with just more people uh, in those areas. And that all changing the natural surroundings that make these places special. And then the, the final and really big example, climate change worsening. Since 1980, the ski season is already 34 days shorter on average. And there was an EPA Climate Division report published recently that projects a 50% reduction in the ski season length by 2050. Now, this season's already off to a slow start. Say we're skiing pretty much January to April. 50% reduction means maybe February to March in 2050. Yikes. Now the second future, much more optimistic. <laughs> so I'll spend a little bit more time there. Not too much, uh, but I'll capture this future by saying, and this is Peter's quote, or Richard's quote, quote unquote, it's up to the ski bum to save skiing. What he means, skiers, riders, and other outdoor enthusiasts become climate voters, period. Now, I talked about this last year in the Protect Our Winners episode, sort of the outdoor state, the outdoor enthusiast, uh, is estimated to be 50 million people strong. That includes skiers, snowboarders, trail runners, climbers, mountain bikers, hunters, anglers, you know, other outdoor enthusiasts, and they would make up more than a third of the electorate in 2020, though I always think the other two thirds of the people we're talking about, do they just not go outside? Is that, I'm not sure how exactly the 50 million was arrived at. But anyway, let's not focus on that. Let's focus on this positive future. He also talks about just the simple act of protecting woodlands and old growth forests, carbon capture, uh, it, it, by, by not disrupting the land for development. Um, also Congress legislating more leisure time. Now, I do remember, I wish I saved it, but there was an article in the New York Times opinion section over the summer, I believe, that actually made the case for, yeah, Congress legislating more leisure time. It was really a compelling read, of course it was, but uh, this idea is out there. 
uh, using eco-friendly building materials, deed restrictions, and affordable housing to stabilize housing costs so the people that actually work at ski areas or grew up in those towns can stay there. They're not priced out. Also, ski areas placed under public land trusts. Hmm. Uh, and, so, and more ski areas run by nonprofit organizations. Should also note, there's two other models I know out there. Mad River Glen in Vermont is a co-op, and Taos in New Mexico is actually a benefit corporation. Yeah, which is a good segue to the next thought, that outdoor enthusiasts change their consumer practices and turn their wallets and attention towards supporting B Corps. So again, for-profit benefit corporations are for-profit businesses that just have like a social purpose, right? It's like in, baked into their uh, corporate bylaws. And uh, think Patagonia, Ben & Jerry's, New Belgium Brewing, uh, Cabot Cheese or Dairy, uh, Al Alchemist Brewery, uh, just to name a few. Now that's a lot that I just threw at you. I certainly did not do the essay justice, but the point being, as scattered and ambitious as those policies and ideas and actions may seem, a path forward does exist and there's lots of options to get there. It's just courage and commitment is what remains to be seen. Now for your listen recommendation, I would recommend checking out an interview that the Storm Ski Journal did with Tim Kohi, president and owner of China Peak Ski Area, Ski Area is formerly known as Sierra Summit in California, on September 28th, 2021. If you ever had a curiosity about the history of the ski area, this interview is for you. Kohi goes through everything and anything from the late 70s until present day. You can pick up sort of the, I'm calling, oral history of the ski industry at around the 25 minute mark. The interview is over an hour uh, and it's a good one. You should listen to it actually the whole way through. But uh, particularly he talks about sort of three things that popped up to me. The first being the so-called skiing's dream team where in the I think early 1990s while working at a different ski area, Bear Mountain in Southern California, formerly known as Goldmine Mountain actually, uh, the staff that helped run that that new be, being remarketed mountain at the time, Bear Mountain, seven of them ended up running 12 resorts in America, including Aspen, Bogus Basin, obviously China Peak, now with Tim, Diamond Peak, Jackson Hole, Killington, Kirkwood, Mount Snow, Sierra Tahoe, and Sugarbush. Uh, Rich McGarry, Scott Pierpoint, Alan Wilson, John Rice, Jerry Bland, Brad Wilson, and of course Tim Cohey, uh, just uh, all came from this sort of small, really unknown uh, ski area that uh, was just really fascinating to hear about and, and such an impact those seven people had. And obviously those, uh, many of those mountains I listed are iconic. Uh, and on those mega passes I talked about in the last uh, uh, segment. Also, he goes into working under Les Otten at Sunday River in the heyday of American Skiing Company which Chris Diamond's two books, Ski Inc., also goes into very, very uh, rabbit hole-oriented detail. Uh, so you can check that out too. And then finally, just reviving a declining Kirkwood ski area and turning the sinking ship around. Just an inspiring story. Granted, Lake Tahoe does get a lot more snow than perhaps other regions where struggling ski areas are more prominent, but still, who can resist the comeback story? And finally, your watch recommendation. 
This one certainly made the rounds about a month ago when it was launched, but it is the short film In the Pursuit of Soul by TGR. Why I chose it, it's just the perfect pre or early season film to get excited, not just for skiing, but for skiing new places um, that maybe you haven't been, or places not on your mega pass, uh, or places maybe you just haven't thought of in a while. So it is certainly in promotion with the Indie Pass, of which I have, so full disclosure, although I don't work for them in any way. Um, <laughs> but essentially, it really just talks about the roots of skiing, mom and pop operations, how, pop, how skiing got popular during the Depression, and how communities really were the catalyst to launching them. And people were perfectly fine with a few hundred you know, feet of vertical drop and a rope toe or a T-bar. For a very long time, actually. The skiers featured in the film were Cannon, Black, Beaver, Snow King, Saddleback, Brundage, Magic, Mission Ridge, Berkshire East, Bolton Valley, and Lost Trail. Now, a few quotes stuck out to me, which I'm just going to share, and then we'll move on. Uh, the first one, everyone is so wrapped up in if you can go fast, no one stops and asks themselves if you should. Another one, some people not that young have never seen a wicket ticket. Nobody asks what you do for a living in the first three questions. They ask, where have you skied? What did you find? What did you like? Let's go tomorrow. Think about the ski industry like a restaurant. Would you rather eat at a mom and pop restaurant or a chain restaurant? The ski industry should never be taken for granted. The ski resorts are fragile. And finally, I think indie ski areas are the vinyl record store of the ski business. Um, so that's just a little, little teaser for you, but it was really kind of super cool how they opened, and actually touching, how they opened the film with a 93-year-old daily skier and closed it with him also. So just really well done. And uh, you don't have to think as much as maybe you had to do with the article I referenced above. So there are your read, listen, and watch recommendations. Moving on to our featured segment, Holiday Ski Trivia. You heard that right. Now, if you thought ski trivia was a little out there already, then Holiday Ski Trivia is, well, even farther down the path of no return. I'm happy to report that Santa... Mrs. Claus, the elves, the reindeer, and the frosties are all appearing at holiday events at ski areas around the country. The winter traditions of torchlight parades, fireworks, holiday concerts, sleigh rides, and ugly sweater competitions have all been scheduled. There is even a holiday cabaret at Telluride, family gingerbread house building workshops at Sugarbush, and multiple Oregon ski areas run the lifts from 9 to 9 on both December holiday eves. Point being, is there a better place to spend your holidays than a ski area? Of course not. But we do need some snow, Uller. So in the holiday and snow spirit, let's play some holiday-themed ski trivia. As always, I will read through all questions once pause for a few moments and stall to give you time to think, and then read through each question again with its answer. You may also have noticed familiar holiday music being played in the background during this entire episode. It is not a coincidence, just a game within the game. That's right, a new game. See if you can name the artist for each song. 
which I will reveal at the end of the trivia questions. I encourage you to keep score at home, or better yet, make this your holiday celebration game and help spread the joy that is the Powderhound Ski Trivia Game Podcast. Happy holidays. All right, we have 16 holiday ski trivia questions in today's game. The first question is multiple choice. The theme, Christmas. What Midwest state is home to the ski area, Christmas Mountain Village? Second question. The theme, Christmas trees, also multiple choice. What, oh, I should probably list them, huh? <laughs> and from the top, what Midwest state is home to the ski area, Christmas Mountain Village? A, Michigan, B, Minnesota, C, Ohio, D, Wisconsin. Question number two, same theme, Christmas trees. Also, multiple choice. What Lake Tahoe ski area, and get this, this is a California-specific holiday ski trivia question. Wowza, that's what I call a rabbit hole. What Lake Tahoe ski area does not have a trail named Christmas tree? Said a different way, three ski areas in Lake Tahoe have <laughs> a trail named Christmas tree. Which one does not? A, Kirkwood, B, North Star, C, Palisades Tahoe, or D, Sugar Bowl? Question number three. Also, the theme, Christmas trees. Also, multiple choice. What Colorado ski area has a trail named Christmas Tree Bowl? A, Aspen, B, Keystone, C, Loveland, or D, Steamboat. Question number four. New theme, holidays. And this is a guess the number. Okay? This is also part one of a two-part question. First, how many ski areas have the word holiday in their name? Again, looking for a number. Part two. Which of these holiday-named ski areas have trails named Candy Cane, Peppermint Lane, and Reindeer. I won't list those multiple choice options because that would be giving away the answer in part one. Moving on to the next question. Same theme, holidays. Multiple choice this time. What Berkshires Mountain ski area has a ski trail named Holiday? <laughs> you see the theme here, very strong. A, Berkshire East, B, Catamount, C, Butternut, D, Wyndham. Next question. Same theme, just with a little bit of a twist. What ski area that shares a name with a vice president has a trail named Sleigh Ride? Is it A, Breckenridge, B, Burr, C, Gore, or D, Stevens? Next question. Same theme. In uh, This is a fill in the blank. In New York City, the Gramercy Tavern recently had to stop orders on what popular holiday drink to go kit? Again, that's a fill in the blank. 
Next question. New theme, Santa Claus. <laughs> and this is a multiple choice question. What Northeast state used to have a ski area named after Santa Claus? Is it A, Connecticut, B, Maine, C, Massachusetts, or D, Vermont? Next question, same theme, Santa Claus. What Colorado ski area has a trail named North Pole? A, Arapahoe Basin, B, Aspen, C, Vale, or D, Wolf Creek? Next question, same theme, Santa Claus. <laughs> Actually, this is a two-parter. Our second two-part question of the trivia game and probably the podcast history. All right, part one, and this is multiple choice. What Midwest ski area's chairlift network is named after Santa's reindeer? Is it A, Boyne Mountain, B, Granite Peak, C, Lutzen Mountain, or D, Mount Bohemia? And part two of that... <laughs> Oh, actually, no, I can't. Uh, okay, I'll that would also give you the answer to the question above. So we will skip that, but there is a part two there that we will come back to. <laughs> Next question, also Santa themed. And this is another guess a number. How many warm chocolate chip cookies are handed out at the base of Beaver Creek at 3 p.m. daily each ski season? Santa likes cookies, right? Um, so again, looking for a number there, and uh, so we'll keep going. Just a couple more. Okay, new theme on the next question. The theme, saints. It's also an open-ended guess question. Who is Saint Bernard, and what does he have to do with this holiday theme trivia? Okay, there's a few different answers that I will accept there. Uh, next question, also Saint-related, <laughs> multiple choice this time. Which Northeast ski area does not have a, a trail named Cathedral? Is it A, Aditash, B, Bel Air, C, Catamount, D, Holiday Valley, or E, Magic Mountain? Next question, and this is the final question. The theme, the gift of giving and wonder of trail maps. This is also a guess the number. All right. Perhaps the most popular ski gift and perfect winter coffee table book, renowned illustrator James Nehus features how many hand-painted trail maps in his book, The Man Behind the Maps? Again, looking for a number there. So that is your 16-question holiday-themed ski trivia. How about that?
All right, we return to the top. Question number one. The theme, Christmas. What Midwest state is home to the ski area, Christmas Mountain Village? A, Michigan, B, Minnesota, C, Ohio, or D, Wisconsin? That would be D, Wisconsin. Christmas Village is located about one hour northwest of Madison, the capital. It has a, a elevation of 310 feet with 16 trails. Comet is the only trail name with a Christmas-themed name. Comet the Reindeer. Opening day is set for Saturday, December 17th with a tree lighting, free tubing, and a Santa run. Question number two. Similar theme, Christmas trees. What Lake Tahoe ski area does not have a trail named Christmas tree? A, Kirkwood, B, North Star, C, Palisades Tahoe, or D, Sugar Bowl? That would be, not B, but A, Kirkwood. With 2,000 feet of vertical drop and over 2,300 acres of terrain ranging from calm, groomed beginner runs to hair-raising cornices and cliffs, there's something for everyone at The Wood. That would be Kirkwood. Interestingly, The Wood does have a trail called Jeff's Line. So, if you are in the holiday spirit and looking for a gift for me, just saying. Incidentally, Keystone, Colorado also has a trail named Christmas Tree. It's a black diamond and skiers left of Keystone Peak. Let's stay in Colorado. Question number three. What Colorado ski area has a trail named Christmas Tree Bowl? Is it A, Aspen, B, Keystone, C, Loveland, or D, Steamboat? That would be D, Steamboat, the boat. Yeah, it's a tight entry from the top across from the Morningside lift where it terminates. And if you like tight trees, let me tell you, this double black diamond is for you. Question number four, new theme, holidays, <laughs> certainly related. Guess the number. And this is, again, that two-parter, the first in the history of this Ski Trivia Game podcast. All right, part one, how many ski areas have the word holiday in their name? That would be the number three. Yeah, just three. <laughs> Holiday Mountain Ski and Fun in New York. Holiday Valley Ski Resort, also in New York. And Mount Holiday in Michigan. Yeah, Holiday Mountain Ski and Fun in New York, 400 foot vertical drop, nine trails, four lifts on 60 acres. Holiday Valley Ski Resort, also in New York, 750 foot vertical drop, 60 trails, 1,400 acres, and 180 inches of annual snowfall. And Mount Holiday in Michigan, 200 foot vertical drop, 12 trails on 45 acres. Question number five, also part two of the question before, <laughs> which of these holiday named ski areas has runs named Candy Cane, Peppermint Lane, and Reindeer? Is it A, Holiday Mountain, B, Holiday Valley, or C, Mount Holiday? Yeah, deductive reasoning probably wins the day here. It's Holiday Valley. B, 
Question number six. New theme, same new theme, holidays. What Berkshires Mountain Ski Area has a ski trail named Holiday? Berkshire East, Catamount, Ski Butternut, or Wyndham? That would be, this time it is B, it's Catamount. Yeah, Catamount, the 1,000 foot vertical drop, 42 trails, 119 acres on 75 inches of annual snowfall. Yeah, Holiday, the trail at Catamount, is a green circle, skiers left of the Meadows Triple, below the double black diamond Christopher's Leap. It's basically a run out. Also, Holiday Hill is a black diamond trail below Charlie's Glades at Summit, or excuse me, Sunlight Mountain in Colorado. The trivia questions and useless facts do not end here. Question number seven, also holiday themed. What ski area that shares a name with a vice president has a trail named Sleigh Ride? Is it A, Breckenridge, B, Burr, C, Gore, or D, Stevens? That would be C, Gore, Al Gore. Yeah, he was our vice president from 1993 to 2000, in case you didn't know or needed a reminder. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's Gore Mountain, and, uh, this is kind of fun because, yeah, John C. Breckenridge was the youngest serving vice president at age 36 from 1857 to 1861. That was, uh, option A. Option B, Aaron Burr, famous in, uh, the hit, uh, Broadway musical Hamilton, uh, was, uh, I just thought actually, you know, being cold outside, like, brrr, uh, <laughs> So that was the inspiration for that incorrect answer. And then Stevens, uh, Adelaide Stevens' son, was the actual an actual vice president uh, in uh, 1893 to 1897. And his, uh, but I was thinking Stevens Pass in Washington State, so sort of had a little bit of a curveball there for you. So anyway, there's a little, um, yeah, there's a little fun again window into my mind and, and things that uh, that pop into it. Incidentally, Sugar Bowl, California also has a trail named Sleigh Ride. <laughs> it's just, I know it's obnoxious at this point. All right, question number eight, also holiday themed. Fill in the blank, New York City's Gramercy Tavern recently had to stop orders on what popular holiday drink to go kit? That would be spiked hot chocolate. Yep, for $72, it serves six. Yeah, it's house-made hot chocolate mix with a signature spice blend and spirits to spike your cocoa. The price includes a cup of butternut squash soup following New York State guidelines that your purchase is accompanied by the purchase of food in compliance with SLA guidance on off-premises alcohol sales. So just want to point out, they're going by the book, folks. But uh, yeah, spiked hot chocolate had to stop sales because it was so popular and they couldn't fulfill the orders. Moving along to question number nine, new theme, Santa Claus. What Northeast state used to have a ski area named after Santa Claus? A, Connecticut, B, Maine, C, Massachusetts, or D, Vermont? Your answer, A, Connecticut. The ski area was Ohoho, a three... <laughs> a 300-foot vertical drop hill in West Woodstock. 
It opened from, or it operated from 1971 to 1989, had a 1,600-foot T-bar on the main slope. All trails had Christmas-themed names, and the Summit Lodge, called the Christmas Tree, had a window in the lodge in the shape of a Christmas tree. Now, this was from Ski Magazine, February 1982. Quote, since it first opened in 1971, Ohoho, named after the legendary chuckle of Santa Claus, has been a popular day trip for Hartford, Providence, and Worcester uh, residents and, the, and counterparts in the suburbs. Now with snowmaking, the area is looking forward to a normal season, and in parentheses it says Christmas to March, <laughs> end quote. <laughs> Question number 10, also Santa-themed. What Colorado ski area has a trail named North Pole? A, Arapahoe Basin, B, Aspen, C, Vale, or D, Wolf Creek. That would be A, Arapahoe Basin. A Basin. The North Pole is a double black diamond skiers left of Arapahoe Basin Peak. Question number 11. Also Santa themed, in this case, reindeer themed. A subcategory, I suppose, of the theme. <laughs> it's also the second two-part question in this trivia game, and again, in the entire podcast history, blah, blah, blah. All right, part one, what Midwest Ski Area's chairlift network is named after Santa's reindeer? Is it A, Boyne Mountain in Michigan, B, Granite Peak in Wisconsin, C, Lutzen Mountain in Minnesota, or D, Mount Bohemia in Michigan? That would be B, Granite Peak. Yeah. And part two, a question I didn't read for you because it would have given away the answers. Multiple choice, which, uh, or what reindeer is not a chairlift at Granite Peak? Is it A, Dasher, B, Comet, C, Cupid, D, Donner, or E, Blitzen? That would be, not B. D, Donner. Sadly, Donner is not named... A chairlift is not named after Donner. So sad. Question number 13. It's almost over, folks. Santa likes cookies, right? So let's guess a number about that. All right. How many warm chocolate chip cookies are handed out at the base of Beaver Creek at 3 p.m. daily each ski season? Again, looking for a number. That number has six digits, folks. 500,000. Let that sink in. To show how into chocolate chip cookies they are, Beaver Creek hosts the world's best chocolate chip cookie competition, which returned after two years back in October. The competition was first held in 2004. According to Sarah Inerity, Marketing and Communications Manager for Beaver Creek, quote, Cookie Time began in 1985, and the Beaver Creek Cookie Time chefs serve over 500,000 chocolate chip cookies annually, end quote. Now, the Cookie Baking Competition Day includes submitting your cookie creation to the Beaver Creek Resort Company's office and then wait to see if you are picked as one of the five finalists that will make cookies for the masses on opening day. The taste team... A lucky bunch, if I may say so, 
picks the top five finalists, and they look for the following criteria. Taste, 50% of their decision. Appearance, 20%. Texture, 20%. And creativity in cookie name or packaging, 10% consideration. The five finalists need to be able to present or to be present on Beaver Creek's opening day and must make 1,000 cookies each for the event. The prize money? There's prize money. It's actually pretty nice, considering you just have to spend a few hours in the kitchen. First place, $2,000. Second place, $1,000. Third place, $500. Fourth place, $250. And fifth place, $100, which will not buy you a daily lift ticket at Beaver Creek. <laughs> if you win, your cookie recipe will be named the world's best chocolate chip cookie recipe at Beaver Creek the 2021-2022 winter season. Needless to say, I've penciled in attending Beaver Creek's opening day on my skiing bucket list. It just sounds wonderful. And for what it's worth, <laughs> I couldn't help myself, J-Peak also was known for warm chocolate chip cookies at one point in its history. They used to make them in the morning, actually. And uh, just another reason I love that place. Okay. The final stretch, question 14, we switch to a saintly theme. Who is St. Bernard, and what does he have to do with this holiday-themed trivia? So again, I'll answer, or I'll accept a few different answers, but here it goes. St. Bernard of Menthon is the patron saint of skiing, as well as snowboarding, hiking, backpacking, and mountaineering. He founded the famous hospice and monastery in a particularly treacherous part of the Swiss Alps known as the St. Bernard Pass. The famous dog breed, St. Bernard, is named after the hospice. So there's sort of three different answers that will be accepted uh, in that messy sort of question. <laughs> question number 15, also saintly. Which, northe <laughs> which northeast ski area does not have a trail named Cathedral? Is it A, Aditash, B, Bel Air, C, Catamount, D, Holiday Valley, or E, Magic Mountain? That would be E, Magic Mountain. Also, I will point out that I realized I gave up Holiday Valley as a answer to an earlier question in this multiple choice list, but needed to. I had to make this cathedral-themed question work, folks. Uh, and just a note in, at Aditash, Upper and Lower Cathedral, are the trail names. In Bel Air, it's uh, Cathedral Brook. At Catamount, it's actually just Cathedral. Holiday Valley, it's also the trail is just named Cathedral. So we can wrap that question with a bow. All right, question 16, the last question. We're at the end, folks. The theme, gift giving, and the wonder of trail maps. I'm looking for a number here. Perhaps the most popular ski gift and perfect winter coffee table book. Renowned illustrator, James Nahues features how many hand-painted trail maps in his book, The Man Behind the Maps. Looking for a number here. That number is 200. But that's not all, folks. In total, he's created around 430 paintings, including regional views of national parks, wilderness areas, and visitor bureaus, as well as golf courses and island resort maps. So hey, for your family or friends that love maps but aren't skiers, he might still have some works for you. Thank you so much for playing.
I hope this holiday-inspired and holiday ski trivia questions added to either your holiday or just your winter ski season. Fun fact, I have collected trail maps since my early days skiing, and many were used to cross-check answers for some of these questions. Some of these trail maps hadn't been opened in decades and sent me down a rabbit hole to compare the maps then to the, you know, then to the ski areas now. I also found old wicket tickets, believe it or not, pins, and lots and lots of stickers. Just a delightful find. Trivia really is the gift that keeps on giving. Sources for this episode's trivia games, activitybreaks.com, Men's Journal, Ski Magazine, Slope Fillers, Vale Daily, and multiple ski area trail maps. And for those playing the game within the game, here is a list of the background holiday songs in order of appearance. First, Let It Snow by Dean Martin. Second, The Christmas Waltz by Nora Jones. Third, Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. Fourth, Ho, Ho, Ho and a Bottle of Rum by Jimmy Buffett. Fifth, 12 Days of Christmas by John Denver and the Muppets. Number six, Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen. Number seven, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Gene Autry. Number eight, Little St. Nick by the Beach Boys. Number nine, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Number 10, Winter Wonderland, Andy Williams. Number 11, Home for the Holidays, Perry Como. Number 12, Jimmy Durante's Frosty the Snowman. Number 13, Andy Williams again, Happy Holidays. And finally, closing us out, John Legend and Silver Bells. Looks like it's four o'clock. Time to catch the last chair. Thank you for listening. Have a question, comment, or correction? You can now email me at powderhoundskitrivia at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at powderhoundskis. You can also subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast Manager, Verbal, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just type Powderhounds Podcast. Until next time, see you on the slopes, Powderhounds. It's Christmas.